Episode 192 of the PJ Archive is an interview I did with the much-admired English actress Sylvia Sims, who's best remembered for her roles in films such as My Teenage Daughter, Ice Cold in Alex, Victim, The Tamarind Seed and The Queen. She had a very distinguished career in theatre and on television she memorably played Olive Woodhouse in EastEnders. Sylvia's daughter, Beatty Edney, is also a successful actress. Sylvia died in 2023 at the age of 89. My interview with her took place at her home in West London in 2018, when she was promoting a movie entitled Together. And what a wonderful character she was. So tell us about Together. Could you tell me in a nutshell what the story is, please? It's two people who love one another and won't be parted. There's got to be a little bit more to it than that, I suppose. Well, they're old. Yes. One of them breaks a leg, mm-hmm. isn't very mobile. And it's about how you take on the state, in a way. And you say, but I don't want to be put into a home. And we'll manage perfectly well. We've always managed. We've been managed 60 years. So it's about that, really. Yeah. And finding fun with one another and loving one another. Refusing to be parted. What's your criteria for choosing a role? Well, you see, this is the greatest gift of all. Because I'm 110, as you realise. And uh, I'm not famous like Judy or Maggie. I'm not. So I don't get offered that much nowadays, a bit in, bit in the telly or something. And I don't look for it, you see. I'm not, I'm not very good at the business side of anything. So I got a phone call from America. The man said... I'd love you to be in the film, but it's Paul. What? I said, what? <laughs> From America? And he said, well, I'm coming over. I've decided not to cast Americans. He has some Americans sort of lined up. But they were very famous, and maybe they were very expensive. I mean, he had to move it all, make it on a shoestring. But he said, I know a lot of wonderful people there who'll be the crew. And my God, they were. They were just incredible. He and I worked very long hours. We left at six in the morning and we'd get back at eight o'clock at night. And it was a lot to do in a, virtually a couple of weeks. But the strange thing was we both loved it. And Peter's not used to being sort of ordinary. It was just extraordinary. And the crew, you see, they were all keeners. Mm-hmm. In other words, they wanted to be part of a film. Yeah. He knew some of them very well and had worked with them before. I mean, you never thought when you sat down at lunchtime that an electrician would say, would you like one of those ice cream? You know, you never thought that. We were all part of the team. And people looked after us, and he made sure that we were all looked after. So we had marvellous food, not from a wagon or anything, but food came in from restaurants and things. So it was always like being looked after. So it didn't matter how hard we worked, because we loved it. So how far ahead are you booked? Booked? Yeah, how many more projects have you got ahead? <laughs> Well, you've got one more film coming out, though, that I saw. Have With I? John Cleese's daughter. And a oh, possibly, possibly. About I... Bath, a weekend in Bath. Yeah, yeah, weekend in Bath. It's literally a weekend in Bath. Okay. It's nothing more. Right. No, I swear I don't know much about that. Yeah, I know it's quite funny. I've seen mm-hmm. it somewhere. But I haven't really got anything about that. Nothing definite yet. When you work with young actors today, do they often say that you're an inspiration to them? 
It's funny, isn't it? <laughs> no, they mostly say, who are you? <laughs> really? Yes. I'm sure they do their research. And I don't think so particularly. No, I don't think they know anything really about the old folk. But they know Peter more because they repeat the television so often. I've got a television being repeated sometime with Amanda Redman, but it hasn't come up yet, so they don't know who I am. So what have you done? And you say, well, I should look on the internet if yeah. I were you. But I don't, I don't get cross about it. Why should I be that? So who do you rate of today's actors? And actors? Ah, now, I didn't think the girl in the Victoria thing was very good. Jenna Coleman? No. Not as good as the new lot. Didn't have quite the presence, or what? Just looked too pretty and dull. I, I definitely agree she looked too pretty. I don't think Queen Victoria ever looked like that. But the new lot, who are doing the uh, present homage, well, they seem to be very good. Yeah. You're talking about The Crown? Mm. Yeah, that is an amazing series. I love that. I have to say, mm. I think both of them in that. Mm doing very different parts, because yeah. after he was Doctor Who, yeah. excellent. Oh, by the way, what's exciting for me, I'm part of a company called Intermission. Yes, I know, yeah. Oh, you know? Yes, I've been doing my research, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. sorry. No, I'm glad. Well, one of the boys, who was my first Romeo in that, is now part of Doctor Who. Oh, brilliant. He's the black boy. Okay. He's in Doctor Who, so we're very pleased. Yeah. Nice, regular job. Lovely lad. Sylvia, how much are you recognised out and about? Do people stop you in the street? Not unless they're elderly. Right. Sometimes people will suddenly say, if I'm paying a bill at the supermarket, oh, I know that voice. Yeah, yeah. But that's partly because there have been those programmes on, which mm. I do regularly, you know, the... I forget what it's called. It's about film, about film interviews. Oh, I know, talking pictures. Talking pictures. Yeah. And people then were so interesting... Mm. So we gather together the various interviews, and I do a voiceover to sort of link them up. And they show that on a Saturday, normally, the BBC. And it normally goes out when they've got a big film coming out of the same people. And we have seen some interesting things. I did one on war films recently, and... Uh, you were in one of those. <laughs> yeah, I was um, in one of those, yeah. A lot of people think, people of a certain age like me, feel that today's stars don't have the star quality, the enigma that the greats of your generation, the likes of you had. Do you agree with that? I don't think I was ever enigmatic. And I stayed away from the business. I mean, I'd led two lives. I never went in for publicity particularly, and I never... I just led two lives. One was I was at home as a housewife with a couple of kids and a husband who wasn't in the business. And um, I don't know. I mean, I did a lot of other things, but I don't think I was enigmatic. I don't think I was anything particularly except an actress. That's what I was. Do you wish you had gone for the publicity a bit more at the time? I don't think about it, really. Okay. I might have earned more money, because I had the worst contract in the world. But um, I never thought of it. I'd do a film, possibly, um, a bit of telly, and then I'd go off and do a play on tour mm. or something. I just regarded myself as a working actress. That's what I was. And I was lucky if the parts came up. Years ago, were you ever confused with 
Joan Sims and Sheila Sims. No, I'll tell you what happened. Joan Sims was always theoretically my sister. Of course, she wasn't. Mm, I knew Joan very well. Mm -hmm. um, Sheila Sims was married to Dickie Attenborough. Yeah, yeah. What was nice was that because they often saw the Queen and went to lunch and all that kind of thing, I always thought that the Queen thought I was married to him. She was always extra nice to me, as if she knew me. She didn't, of course, except as an actress. But Sheila Sim was a confusion because once, years ago, when I was campaigning with the Labour Party, she wrote me a note saying, I gather you've been very busy. And it was because probably the Queen had mentioned that I'd been... Anyway, the point is it didn't matter. Nothing matters. And I loved... Do you see, Richard was president at the RADA. Yes, yes. And yes. I was on the council at RADA. So, uh, yes, I suppose it was a bit confusing. It was by that time, Sheila had given up completely. Hmm. Um, I think she became a magistrate or something. But anyway, it was a confusion a bit, because mm. Sheila Sims, Sylvia Sims, but it was my own name. Mm. And um, I think it would have upset my father a lot if I'd changed it. They tried to make me change it, but mm -hmm. could I be Sylvia Hay? I mean, it didn't matter. So I just left it as it was. Was acting in your family before you? No, except that my father was a very keen amateur, but not in the way of going to... It was because there was a war on. He was in the men of Agon Fish, therefore he was sent all over the country. Meanwhile, we were evacuated, and he'd come back at the weekend of ABCs, and they had their own, like, concert party, which he'd sing. He played the piano brilliantly, self-taught, never learned. And he, he'd just do a concert like that, but he wasn't... And he took me to a lot of things. He was very keen on the theatre. In fact... The day my mother died, he'd taken me to see Caesar and Cleopatra in the cinema, the original. Vivian Lee and the marvellous actor, whose name, of course, is gone. I'm, I'm a senile, basically. It was a marvellous production. And uh, I went to lots of things. And I queued up for lots of things, because in those days, straight after the war, you could get a, a stool outside one of the theatres where all the great actors had come back to work. I mean, I saw Sir Laurence Olivier. He played Oedipus mm -hmm. in one part, and he played a funny farce in another, a restoration farce in another, on the same day. And I've always remembered when they took Oedipus's eyes out, the sound he made of. So I went to lots of things like that, Nobody seemed to mind me hanging about outside theatres. I saw things at the um, at the theatre in Croydon long before the present one was built. Mm. You sort of sparked your enthusiasm for acting. Well, I think my my father had always been keen on that, mm. and since my mother, poor lady, took us taught us to read before we even went to school, mm. I can remember I was doing a, a BBC serial of. Uh, Doris, I think it was. And um, I said to my sister, who's some years older than me, she's gone now, I said, why is it that I know the story on the next page? And she said, but Mum read it to us. Now, I could only have been three or four years old then, but we knew all these books and things because she read them to us. How different do you think your life would have been 
had you not lost your mother so young and had you not got married so young? I'm not sure it would have been so different because, you see, I had somebody called Lorna Davis who really believed in me and sent me to an audition and I failed in it terribly because I had awful nerves. And then I was sent on to RADA. She pushed me a lot, I think, and a couple of people believed I could do it. I don't think anything would have been different. I once worked in a place where I filed things, but honestly, I would always have... I'd always... That's why when young people say, oh, I always wanted to act, people I've been at school with maybe would say, oh, I always wanted to act. The answer is, if you always wanted to, you would have. Mm. Was there ever any other career possibility for you? No, no, nothing I can say. I suppose I might have become a as they often encourage you, a secretary or a typist or a teacher. I don't know. Mm. I just wouldn't think of it. Mm. And eventually I got into RADA. Mm. I mean, it was... That's the way it was. Who else was at RADA when you were there? Anyone oh. else to become famous? Well, there were a couple I knew vaguely, but they were in a lower group to mine, with the, the, you know, the man who wrote the marvellous plays, entertaining Mr Sloan and so on. He and his friend were at RADA. I don't know about how many have become that famous. Well, Joan, of course, was above me, Joan Collins. She was a year above me. She left soon afterwards, but she went straight into movies. If you could go back to your RADA days, knowing what you do now, what would you do differently, professionally and personally? God, that's a difficult one. I know what I'd say. Whatever you're paid, look after it. Because... We always had this strange system that with tax you paid so long afterwards and you might not work for six months. You might have been in the West End for a year and then for six months you didn't work. So look after yourself financially, I thought, was important. But there was much else I would have told them, really. And pay attention to the voice thing because you do have to look after it and you have to know what you're doing with it and it changes so that's all I would have said, nothing much. I was too ordinary and too stupid to tell them much. I mean, Peter O'Toole and people like that came in the next year. I couldn't tell them anything, maybe they knew it all. And they weren't afraid. Most of the time I was afraid. Now, that's pretty silly, because I worked straight away. My first job was in the West End with Noel Coward. It was only a small part, but who cares? It was done for the coronation. What were you afraid of? Not being good. Failure. Not being good, really. That's quite a good uh, incentive, though, isn't it? To, to really keep your act to you. I suppose so, but I, it was pathetic, really. The only thing I learned later that might have been influenced by my father, I suppose, I was a wonderful public speaker. I just was. Well, apart from that, I was in a play once with Sad Girl, she's gone now, Nari Dornport. Oh, yes, yeah. Nari didn't come to a show. We were both playing the leads in this play. And it was packed. Now, the girl who was her understudy has now become a great friend of mine. We met again after 20 years, I suppose. But she didn't know well enough then. And it was such a shock. Huge house, no star. So I went on the stage and said, would you like me to entertain you for a 
bed. And I did. On my own, sitting on the stage, I told them stories, I told them what it was like to so and so. Yeah. And that's when I learned I was a good public speaker. I've spoken a lot for charities and things, and of course I've done political speaking, but I swear to you, I didn't know how good I was at it until I had to do it. Mm. How have you felt about all these actresses coming forward lately to say they were taken advantage of by... I knew you were going to ask this question. Well, I'm afraid it's very topical. Of course it is. I won't dwell on it. No, don't worry. Give me a cigarette. I've got them here. It's all right. I'm not nervous because you're here. Don't worry. But I just know that there's nobody shouting at me at the moment. My son and daughter are both out. They'll come back and say, You've been smoking, Mum? Um, well, the truth is, a lot of the men I worked with had come up a different way. You can't imagine Sir Anthony Quayle, war hero, groping. I mean, just, they were different. They'd been through a war. Johnny Mills had been acting since he was a little boy and gone right through the war. Anthony Quayle. I mean, Harry Andrews, they weren't... They hadn't just made it. They'd been through a whole life before they came, were able to become actors. So I suppose it didn't happen to me because, A, I might not have noticed it, and B, because most of the men I worked with were different. I'd worked with Orson, and I don't think Orson would have been bothered with a little... Do you see what I mean? Orson was probably a great fuck, but, I mean, he wouldn't have ignore that but I'm sure he didn't he wouldn't have he wouldn't have bothered I don't know who I would have worked with in those days who would have been available like that or even interested like that even men who cast you I never noticed it and the thing is if they'd made it obvious I might have noticed it but I was very naive you have to realize my generation we were very naive, yeah. and above all, look at the people that Vanessa married, you yeah. know. I mean, I don't think we were different. Mm. That doesn't mean that I would have put up with any crap mm. after I was a respectable married woman, but I never noticed it. I'm sorry to say I didn't notice it. In fact, the only incident I can remember was when the father of a girlfriend of mine put his hand up my skirt when I was about 12. That's all I remember. And I rushed off home after the party, you know. But I certainly don't remember anyone importuning me in oh. casting, no. You mentioned earlier the stars of Ice Cold in Alex. Yeah. Um, and that's 60 years old this year. Um, a lot of people, that's the project they most associate you with. Oh, I know, they don't remember anything else. Do you feel that's your finest work? No, it's not that. It was so successful at the time. Yeah, it's a great film. Still. And uh, it just has stayed in people's minds. Mm. I wasn't known in the film. You know, that was... And they were remarkable in it. I mean, my God, the men were fantastic. If you don't consider that your finest work, what do you... Well, it was lovely, and I loved oh. doing it. No, it was horrible doing it, actually. Yeah, it was tough to film, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. I never think about it. I don't. Mm. You see, you've got somebody who doesn't think about things like that. That's right. What was my finest work? God knows. It might be something in the theatre. Mm-hmm. I do a lovely recital, which maybe that. I don't know. I'm very happy when I work. I like being quite bossy in my work because I do know where the cameras are and where the lights should be. 
And some of the people I worked with early in my career were so remarkable. No. I mean, I once worked with the great cameraman who did all the great lean films. Oh, yeah. Lawrence Parabia, Dr. Chicago. Yeah. And I knew him really well, and I forgot his name. And uh, I'd keep my ears open. I'd listen when people like that talked. Hmm. How often do you watch your old stuff on DVD or... YouTube? Or, you know. No. Why, why don't you watch it? Because you don't like seeing yourself there? No, I don't think about it. Right. But if it's on TV, if it cropped up... And well, yes, if it crops up, I suppose I've watched that film I did with Julie Andrews. Omar Sharif was in it. Yeah. And uh, that was a very good part. But do you watch and think, oh, I should have done it? No, 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 no. It's too late. Mm. I'm dead by then. What do you think when you see your young self on film? How beautiful yeah, quite right too. And what yeah. I didn't know was how beautiful I was. Mm. I did not know, and I was always quite surprised. I, I just didn't know. I was extraordinarily beautiful, but I didn't know. And I didn't work on it very hard. I wasn't glamorously dressed. I could have been, and rarely wore makeup. Um, I think I was fairly dim which probably made it easier for me to work. I mean, films like Victim, which is shown yes. um, I was very pregnant when I did that, and rather ill. And I said I would do it, because I knew lots of people had turned it down, and I thought it was important, so I said I would do it. And then I went straight into hospital and dug. Wonderful companion, too. Very kind to my husband, and it just was marvellous. Um, but I was poorly. You are an amazing character now, but what would you like when, at the height of your film success? Were, were you quite a character then, or were you quite demure, or what? I've no idea. I don't know. Were you quite shy in those days? I was quite quiet, yes. I was frightened of parties, and I was very glad that I had a husband who would go with me, not to everything by mm. He would go with me to think. I don't think I was that interesting, really. I really don't. In a way, I've grown into who I am by elderly, being elderly. And what's interesting is everyone says to me, you're so forceful, you're this. But I never knew it at the time. I was thick, I think, basically, and a bit innocent. Innocent in that I didn't understand the business side of the world at all. At all. I wouldn't have signed the contract. I, I, I just, I thought it was nice that I was working. Right. You were flattered so, to be asked. Yeah, it? I was pleased mm. to be asked, and I did lots of mm. tours. What would you say were the most glamorous moments of your early career? Did you go to the White House or Buckingham Palace or anything I went like to all those things. I've got a picture in there where I'm standing almost next to Marilyn, a girl called Marilyn Monroe. It was all very formal in those days, you know. You had to wear gloves, and above all, you mustn't speak unless you were spoken to. She was standing at Anthony Quayle, who was just about to do a play by her then-husband, the great writer, Arthur Miller. He did the first production of View from the Bridge in London. And, uh... Did you speak to her? Oh, God, I had to pin up her bra. Yes, she said to me suddenly, could you help me? And I said, yes, but we went to the ladies' room. And she'd got on a, a dress, and she had a big, big pin at the back, 
and I had to sort of pin it. And that moment, the Queen arrived, and you had to be in line, so we scurried back. And on another occasion, I met her in a dinner, which was given to us. But she was fine. She was very sweet. Very preoccupied with how she looked. She didn't have her lovely blonde. She scraped it back in a sort of bun at the back. Whether she thought that looked more intellectual. Oh, and he, the greatest playwright, couldn't be presented to the Queen on that occasion because he wasn't divorced from his wife. And they were living together. How times have changed. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. But there we are. That was quite funny. To what extent were you pursued by Hollywood? Only on one occasion. Ben Lyle had me in one of his television shows. Ben, ben Lyle did a lot of research of clever people. He was a casting man as much as he was a... And I did this telly with him, playing the girlfriend of one of his children, when they did for the BBC. And he said what are you doing with this contract? And I said, well, you know, they're paying me £30 a week every week. And he said, well, I want you to meet the people from... Anyway, the point is, I was about to get married to my then... You know, I, we'd met at school, so I didn't do anything. And years later, he said to me, you made a mistake. But, you know, that was... I just got on with the acting, really. I know you were married for a very long time, but did any of your leading men make you go weak at the knees because they were so handsome or so charming? Yes, weak at the knees, but what did you do when you'd gone weak at the knees? You didn't fling yourself into no, bed. No, I wasn't suggesting that. Just, you know, any of them you just thought, wow. Yes. George Baker, actually. Right. George Baker was so interesting and rather a sad character in lots of ways. I'd like, if I may, to throw some names at you of people you've worked with and see if you have a nice story about Sure. If that's okay. Um, you mentioned Orson Welles earlier. What's your favourite memory of Orson Welles? Well, we were doing this film with Lewis Gilbert as director. Orson was very tricky. But never with me. It was interesting because we were standing on the set one day and uh, he kept moving... And I looked up at him, because he's very big, also, and I said, excuse me, Mr. Wells, but, you know, if you move, you put the light wrong. Did he not take well to that? And he looked down at me and said, testing, testing, testing. And we were the best friends from then. No, that's not. And when my then-husband came oh. over, he spent several evenings with Orson. And Orson... Loved telling them stories about when he was doing this, that, and the other. And Ben learned all about how he spoke Mandarin, how he spoke a bit of Cantonese, and how he discovered about the the trading there of the um, drugs for the British companies. And uh, they got on frightfully well. We went to several wonderful parties. So, be any nice memories of Cliff Richard? Oh, Cliff. Well, let me tell you. We did this film, Espresso Bongo. And I met this boy who, after all, had become very famous. And he was a pop star. And I'd never met one before. He was... His parents had obviously brought him up very well. He was the best behaved and the most polite and the most adorable young man I'd ever met. He really was 
extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, he was extraordinary because he'd become so famous with the singing, but it sort of didn't change him. I just, I, and I've kept in touch a little bit oh, with okay. Cliff. Yeah. And uh, he's a very impressive man, mm. and one must never take any notice of silly things that are gossiped about because God meant far too much to him. Yeah. He was very religious. Yeah, oh, he's a darling, yeah. absolute yeah. darling. And um, Dirk Bogart was your favourite oh, memory well. of Dirk. He was amazing. And he liked me. We got on frightfully well because he knew how I was very fragile and I was five months pregnant. I looked so like that. But, and it was a bad pregnancy. I thought he was wonderful. Highly intelligent. And the, the stuff that we did in that film, which he'd largely, largely written the scene so he could say things like, put him because I wanted it. Mm-hmm. It was very brave to say that then. Mm-hmm. We got on extremely well. Mm-hmm. And I had huge admiration for him. I just thought he was... It wasn't until later when I saw what he could do in mm-hmm. Directed by Italian. I always felt that he was underestimated yeah. for his intellectual power yeah. and what he understood about work. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until foreigners gave him the jobs that he was able to show that side of it. Julie Andrews? Oh, well, she was just a dear. I mean, I went off to do this film with the Tamarins. We were in Paris doing that. And I had a very powerful scene when I was drawing wearing and being horrible to my then husband, who I just realized was a spy. And uh, afterwards, we'd done that scene, Julie had come on the set to watch it. And the next day she said, well, I do forgive you, because I have to tell you, I was so bored with my husband talking about you last night. Uh, You know, she was like that. And she was very... She wasn't what I expected. I expected this rather prissy woman. But she isn't. She's very direct mm-hmm. and rather strong. And I just, yeah, I thought she was fantastic. Helen Mirren? Well, what can I say about Helen? Well, as you know, we did this film together about the Queen. Mm-hmm. She'd worked with my daughter once, and my daughter said how marvellous she was. She was just marvellous. We did a lot of laughing. We did hard work. We had one scene when we walked through a garden. Now, I'm much taller than her, as indeed the Queen Mother was a midget. So I had to do my scene, literally walking like this, with the legs bent. <laughs> because Helen was so much smaller than you. Yeah! <laughs> as the Queen is, because she's tiny. Yeah. They're all tiny. We got on very well. That's nice. Did you ever get any feedback from the royals from Buckingham Palace that, as to what they thought of it? No. I was surprised because one occasion I was there and Helen was there and she was kept back to chat to the Queen. I presume they talked about the film. I don't know because her Majesty was very discreet. Mm. And I'm a huge fan of her Majesty. I really am. I think she was stuck in that position for all those years and and kept him happy, because that must have been tricky. Yeah. And you you got your OBE in 2007. Did she not say anything to you then, uh, Her Majesty, about you, know, you playing her mum? No. Mm. It was never mentioned. Mm. 
But you played Margaret Thatcher three times. I know. Any, it's funny, isn't it? Any feedback from no, no, no. Dennis or Carol? No, never a word. Right. How did you feel about having to play her three times? I mean, did you think it was meant to be? Or? No, I think it was because of the work I was doing in the theatre, the tricycle. Because oh. we first of all started with a thing about what she'd said to people and so on. One day, somebody came and said, well, you're not, you know, you're so like her, you've got blue eyes, but not like Margaret Thatcher at all. Did you like her? Did you grow to like her because you played her? Yeah. Is it easier to play them when you don't like them? No, because you must find something within them. That you, you've got to. And she had a line at the end of one of the big meetings of the... Cabinet? The Cabinet. About, it's a funny old world we live in or something. I mean, she hadn't got reunited with my yeah. position. But, no, I didn't. I just found that I had to find something within her yeah. that was right. You have to find that, you see. And I did try and do that. Because you can't play somebody if you're hating them all the time. You've got to be inside them and be sympathetic. You've got to. Michael Caine, any memories? <laughs> well, except for working with him when he was an old man in that film with a little boy. And we were all in a, an old people's home. Oh. Except to say, see him occasionally. I don't really, I never really worked with him. Oh. Um, he was wonderful in that film and lovely to be around. He was marvellous with the little boy. He's just one I've always admired, really. Yeah, I've always time. admired him. Oh. And I did see him in the theatre when he was beginning. And he was extremely good. Yeah. And as for his performance in the film that my friend directed, Lewis Gilbert, you know, the one with the girl, you know, with Julian. Well, she played the woman from the school, the girl who wanted to be intelligent, and he was the professor. Oh, educating yeah. Rita, Jimmy Walters. I thought he was extraordinary. What about Colin Firth? You worked with him quite recently. Well, I just loved Colin. He worked with my daughter, Big Sierra. Mm. He's lovely. Mm. You see, on the whole, some of these people that you mentioned, Colin Firth being one of them, they don't seem to have learned from the people who've done a lot of telly. They seem to have learned it in a different way. He's lovely. Most courteous, most considerate. He's, no, he's, yes, he's lovely. Cara Delevingne. Cara Delevingne. Well... This was interesting because I didn't know. When they said, would you come and talk about this film, I had no idea. They got a model in mind, and I may have been a bit sniffy. But a model, it was such a lovely part. She was... Anyway. So I went into this big office, and there was Carla Delevingne. I'll tell you something about her, which maybe is one of the things you begin to recognise after a long while. She's very open. She doesn't put on any airs. She's quite funny, and also about herself. We got on like I'd met my granddaughter. We got on so well, they were just gobsmacked. And we went off to Iceland, and it was terrible weather. It was so cold, but we did it all. And I thought she was fantastic. 
I knew immediately we were doing it, she'd be all right on the film. Because she's there. She's not putting on anything, she's just there. And it's that openness. And that's when you realise when somebody's right for the cinema. I don't know what she's doing much now. But she was adorable to me. We got on frightfully well. And I thought she had it. Which well-known people have become genuine friends of yours down the case? June Whitfield. Oh, she's lovely. Yeah. God, June's amazing, isn't she? I've always been jealous of June. Well, because she always had marvellous parts. Then she started having dramatic parts. I was even more jealous. And not only that, but she had a marvellous husband. He's long gone. Yes, I reckon he's lovely. Who looked after her so well. Yes. He was lovely. And uh, her daughter's lovely. Um, No, I just think she's remarkable. Yeah. And if somebody said, are you jealous of, you know, the more famous ones than Dame. And the answer is not really. Mm. But June, oh, what a career. Yes, fabulous lady. Isn't and that? a wonderful yeah. person. She really is. Yes, I talked to her the other day. I used to play tennis with her daughter. And how did you feel about your daughter following in your footsteps? Well, it's interesting you should say that. Okay. If she weren't so fucking clever, I would might mind. But, you see, her second job was on Broadway. Oh, bloody hell, that's pretty good. Well, her first job was with the RSC, with Alan Rickman when he played the wicked man who persuaded all the women. He seduced the girl. Not les liaisons that, that, yeah. that was her first right. job. And they, then when she'd done it at the RSC for a bit, they did it in the West End for a year. She got to know Alan very well. And then they went to America on Broadway. Had you not wanted her to go into acting, though? Oh, I don't think I thought about it like that. It's quite a precarious industry for a lot of people, though, isn't it? Well, it wouldn't have made any difference if I'd cut my wrist and said, don't do it, not with Beatty. Yeah. She's very determined right. and highly intelligent. Yeah. She looks after... I mean, what she... She's very irritated by my laziness. And she comes and organises everything again and gets the television, put the different, all kinds of things. She's brilliant. She's absolutely brilliant. And above all, versatile. You see, she did a marvellous drama thing with Helen Mirren when she was doing the, you know, the famous serial. I mean, she was in it for years, you know. Helen Mirren did a series on television. A prime Suspect. Prime Suspect. Mm-hmm. And Beattie played it, and she was brilliant. Mm-hmm. What's the best advice you've ever given Beattie? Keep your important? money. Keep your money, right. Okay. Look she heeded that advice? I don't know. <laughs> I think the answer would be, mind your own business, Mum. Okay. Oh, she's amazing. Because she's so good at so many things. And how much does she remind you of your young self? Uh, especially when she's acting. Do you think, oh my goodness, that's just like her? Not much. She's very much herself. Mm. Like being in that pole-up thing, playing the funny little wedge. Mm, yeah. And always getting there. Marvellous. She's very good at accents. No, she's different. Mm. But she's always made her own mind up about everything. And uh, she did a marvellous play a few years ago with the RSC about the boy that they're making a lot of fuss on television, you know, the Indian that Victoria fell so much in love with. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, Mm. they did a lovely play there about that. She played Victoria. You have said that you'd like to work with BT in the future. What sort of project would be ideal for well, you? Have you actually got something lined up? No, I haven't. I haven't. 
you said a couple of years ago that you'd like to play an evil character. Has, <laughs> has anything been offered? No, sent your way? Nothing. <laughs> nothing's been offered. No, nothing's been offered. Perhaps it's because I know I can't remember anything. Have you ever turned down any roles which you later regretted? Not that I regretted. There are lots of parts that other people have played that I'd like to have played. Such as? Oh, well, I'd like to have done lots of things that Julie's done. Julie Andrews? No. No, sorry. Oh, Judy yeah. Dench. Yes. Anything she's done, I'd like to have done. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> Walking on and saying hello, I'd like to have done even that. No, she's... She's wonderful, and she's wonderful when she's interviewed on yeah. the television. She's funny, and she's funny about herself. She's a marvellous artist, a marvellous artist. Mm. I admired her now-gone husband, too. Yes, my yeah. Now, you've both really loved Judy Dench. You've got terrific longevity in your career. What do you feel has been the key to your longevity? Longevity? I haven't. You see, I've, this is the first film I've done in Yonks. I haven't had longevity, not like Judy, who's in everything. No, no, I haven't got longevity. But anything. I don't think anyone sits down when they're having a meeting and says, Jim, Sylvia Sims, my God. They don't do that about me. I'm too ordinary. And that's why I think I was right for this part. I am ordinary. You've had a lot of professional success, whether you... I agree or not, but also you've had more than your fair share of personal sadness. Well, How do you kind of weigh that up? Do you consider yourself a lucky person or an unlucky person? I think in, on the whole I'd look back and say I was fairly lucky. I was only unlucky about babies. That happens to other people. No, I was pretty lucky, I think. I could have handled it better. I could have done it better, but I just if somebody offered me a part, I was just interested to do that, really. I mean, I didn't mind going on EastEnders for two days, it was, and all I did was stand there and measure somebody's dress. It was a nothing part, but it paid for me to fly over to see my son, who was then in Australia. That's luck. Mm. So I didn't think this is not a very good part in EastEnders. I just thought, oh, yes, pay me the money. I think that's how thick I am. Would you say it's tougher getting older when you've been beautiful? Well, of course. I'm horrified when I look at the pictures and there's this fat old lady with a bulging face and I don't remember what it was like, really. And I never looked after myself when I was. I never bothered. You know, I wasn't interested. I just didn't have the very blue eyes. How have you felt about all these actresses having Botox and plastic surgery and things to hold on to their youth as best they can. Good luck to them. I don't want to do it, but that's not because I couldn't. I've got some money in the bank, I could do it, but I don't want to do it. But it never looks normal, it never looks good, I don't think. I'd rather see someone... Look like looking me, natural. you mean? Yeah, looking natural, yeah, I would. Otherwise you find yourself staring at them and, you know... Wondering which bit you've been touched. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think about it much. You see, you're asking me questions about somebody who rarely thinks about these things. That's the difference between me and a lot of people. I don't worry about what I look like. I don't think about it particularly. I might have dressed up more as you were coming. Instead, I've got a loose jumper on, 
and a nice shawl, and that's about it, really. And what, what do you think about today's TV and films? What do you enjoy, and what you're not so keen on? Well, there are lots of good. There's a lot of very good programmes on the Planet and Discovery and all those. I love those. I love those. And there are some good serials on. I liked Rochester. There's quite a lot of things I watch when I'm not asleep. Do you watch reality TV? No, never. Right. Don't approve. I just hate it. They're all horrible people. I mean, they're not nice people. They're all sort of uglies and nasties, and no, I don't like that at all. What about Strictly Come Dance? Ah! You'd have liked that in your day, wouldn't you? I've never been able to do it. But I did. I do like Strictly. I don't watch it too devotedly, but I'm very impressed when people do well, because they have to work so hard. These days, it seems increasingly that sex is used to sell TV and film, and young actresses are kind of obliged to get their kids off and do love scenes and things. How do you... Does that upset you? It doesn't upset me, because they're prepared to do it, they do it. I don't like it particularly. I've never thought that it was wonderful to watch somebody else having sex. Mm. Oh, it's their choice, isn't it? Mm. They might be pressured, I suppose, a bit more than we know, but... It's nice that in your day everything was a bit more decent, shall we say. Well, that's true, but that's just me being old-fashioned. You know, it's not anything particular. Do you dread modern remakes of some of your films? I haven't thought about it. You see, there again, you're asking me what I think about those things. The answer is, I don't. I was just putting it because I was watching Ice Cold and Alex on Saturday. And that scene where you kissed John Mills. Oh, yes. I thought, if it was a r- modern one, you'd I'd be naked. kit off and be, everybody would be at it, wouldn't they? Yeah. It was too sandy for that. <laughs> and and um, to what extent do you feel you've been given the credit you deserve as an actress? Well, as I say, when people are sitting around talking casting, I don't think they say, oh, she's amazing. They just think, she'll do. You're very modest, but honestly... You know, you're one of the living greats, aren't you, really? <laughs> Only because I'm still alive. <laughs> the living greats? Oh, don't think so, dear. Living greats? And, no, I'm not that at all. That's very much reserved for other people. No, I, I don't think about it. I'd like to have more films like that one offered to me. Yeah. Or even if I had to be really nasty as an old lady. But I don't have a lovely home. I have my dog. Actually, where is my dog? On my bed, I bet you. How much do you aspire to being Dame Sylvia one day? I don't. No? Why would I be? I've got to do... I've got to have a couple of Oscars or make a lot of money or be famous in America. And I'm none of those things. Mm. So, I thank you very much. I had the OB... Don't forget, one of the OB's reasons for the OB is because years ago, when we sent our young men off at the age of 18 to be soldiers. They couldn't vote. And that was the one of the things I worked with with the Labour Party, to get that changed, because I thought it was dreadful. They had to go and be soldiers, but they couldn't vote. Did you ever consider politics? Were you ever asked by no. politicians to... No, no, no. Did you ever get so irate with the politics that you thought, I've got to get in there and... Sometimes I do. Yeah. would say I did, yes. Yes, but... No. Have you ever considered writing an autobiography? Ah. And if so, what would it be called? 
who the fuck is Sylvia? <laughs> well, I have. You have written one? No. I've been asked a lot of times. I've been offered a lot of money. Okay. Well, I bet, because I'm not famous now. It's no good pretending I'm famous, because I'm not. I wouldn't be here if you weren't famous. Well, it's very kind of you, very flattering, but I'm not really famous. You have to be on the telly a lot to be famous. Um, I'm not that interesting. It isn't true. I just have lived a long time, but I am not that interesting. Well, I would describe that your, your life story would make a great film. <laughs> For what? You've had tremendous opportunities. For the OAPs? <laughs> well, no, I mean, for any time. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Who would you have play you? God alone knows. It would have to be Beatty, I suppose. Yeah. She's too young now. She's still too young. Well, I was 22, I think, when we made I, When we made My Teenage Daughter. Mm -hmm. I'd forgotten that. Mm. And as an actress, how would you like to be remembered? She worked hard and she was quite good at her job. That's it, really. 